0: Okay. Uh, My name is James. And my name is Matt. And we're we're talking talking about... about Games These Days! Um, And specifically, the game that we are talking about is Frostpunk, which is a... City building resource management sim uh, made by 11 bit studios and it came out last year. This is, I think, maybe our most like modern game that we've done. That could be Senua's
1: Sacrifice, is a pretty recent one. That's true. Maybe that's comparable yeah. in terms of like modernness. And, spoiler, how much it sort of, like, pushes the genre that it's
0: in. True. Um, 11-Bit Studios also famously did uh, This War of Mine. Oh, okay. Which was well-received and kind of works on similar... It's a different type of game, but works on similar themes, yeah. I think, as this one does.
1: I think that's a fair point. hmm um, I remember playing that and not getting into it that much... Yeah. Like, it, it, it seemed like one of those survival games where it was easy to get to the point where you were really close to losing, but then, like, y- I, I just ended up, like, hanging on to that for way too long, and maybe mm. I should have just started a new game, and <laughs> I was never quite sure, like, ah, oh, like, is this going to get better, or like <laughs> am I actually still about to die all the time? Yeah. I don't have as, I haven't done as much uh, release research this time, <laughs> I just realized.
0: So pretty, I mean, contemporary with anything that came out. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, all those games all came th- out last year. Uh, what are other, let's see, recent city builders. I mean, there's kind of like, SimCity feels like it's a little bit disgraced now.
0: Yeah. well, of the debacle. Also, I feel like it's not, I, I mean, like, I would think of something more like Caesar.
1: Yeah, than definitely. Than SimCity. You or know? like Tropico, maybe? Sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. And yeah. That's,
1: that's like a modern. Did the new Tropico just come out? Last year, this year,
0: six. Six, I think so, maybe. Yeah.
1: So it's still alive and kicking.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of setting, though, it has kind of an interesting, uh, like alternate timeline universe that it posits. Yeah. It feels as yesterday we were turning the wheels of progress until the frost stopped it all suddenly a uh, Sometime in the late 1800s, uh, the sun stops working, which creates sort of catastrophically cold temperatures around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in preparation for this, there are these giant coal generators that were built around the world. People were sent off to them to sort of be able to keep themselves alive for the incoming cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take the role of sort of a, the leader of, or I don't even know, does the game explicitly say that you're the last, like, human civilization?
1: One of my favorite things about starting this game is after it explains the whole, like, thing to you, uh, the first thing that you see is, finally, the time has come to build the last <laughs> city on Earth. Right. So, yes. So, yes. <laughs>
0: do encounter like groups of survivors and sort of like stragglers from around the area but
1: they're not doing too well no and neither are you for that matter that's true (laughs) uh it's so yeah it's 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 Mm post-apocalyptic uh i actually they're a little bit cryptic at first about what caused it yeah that's kind of like a a story that you have to tease apart Mm -hmm. uh, as you go through things and you get the idea that there's been sort of like a few different rise and falls of potential cities elsewhere in fact you're a group of refugees from right. a failed city basically right did, did you come from new london or are you new London? you're
0: new london okay. i think you came from london
1: yeah uh which again spoiler when when you finally have the opportunity to check in and see how london's doing it is not
0: yeah anymore
1: <laughs> yeah. um and i don't know it's in terms of the environment that you're in it's really just like iceland yeah. not. It doesn't tell you much about like where you are, or you know, you're not. There's no mountain or valley or forest or streams or ocean or really much of anything except right. mostly just ice. Yeah. Uh, and in particular, though, you are like in a crater, mm-hmm. like maybe a volcanic crater,
0: something like that. Uh, Although I'm not even sure if that's true because like later on in the tech tree, you can you can build those, like machines that mine wood
1: out of the walls oh yes that's true
0: so I'd almost think maybe the implication is that it you're just like in a clearing in a forest maybe and just all of these layers of like snow and ice has built up around them that could be yeah you're you're definitely like the edges of
1: your map so to speak are hedged yeah. in by ice walls yeah that have little bits of tree in them maybe
0: mm-hmm In terms of story, mm-hmm. um, I would say that this game is kind of story light, in mm-hmm. the sense that uh, these these sort of games are usually more about your your civilization's story, in 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 terms of like what choices have you made for them, what. Right. What? How did you, you know, overcome these obstacles?
1: Right, because there's no, there's not really main characters. No, there is kind of. I mean, like maybe you are kind of a character, but also you're just a blank avatar. That yeah, you're the player is making decisions through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess it's it is really more like the story of the world. Yeah, and like there's more there's more world building than there is plot development. Kind yeah, of definitely.
0: Um, there are a couple of main like story events that do happen Mm -hmm. uh, once you get to the crater or wherever it is the the generator um you know your people want to sort of scout out the surrounding area and see if you can pick up survivors Mm -hmm. so you do that um you you end up finding out that um there was another city um called Winterhold or Mm -hmm. something like that uh that everyone thought was still running but it definitely isn't like yeah. it's collapsed and failed miserably and that mm-hmm. sort of particip uh, precipitates um a, a sort of like splinter faction uh that want to go back to london because you know at least they know what they're getting into out right. there
1: and- which is, like, a very bib- biblical plot twist. Yeah. Right?
0: Like, oh, we made it out of Egypt so we're not slaves <laughs> anymore. That's but true. Hey, like,
1: remember when we were in Egypt right. and we were slaves? Right. At least we were, were slaves okay. then.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think it's an interesting um, choice that the game makes because when it presents that option to you um, it presents it as... So, like, you get a countdown timer, like, you get So, you know, the the Londoners want to leave in X amount of days. Mm -hmm. And it'll show you, like, a counter for how many people are in their faction, how likely people are to join their faction over that time. And basically tells you, like, we can't let these people leave. Yeah. So for the longest time, I thought that, like, if they left, it was a game over. Oh, yeah. Um, Because, I mean, that's kind of how the game presents it to you. Right. Which is, I think, a, a, a clever move because... What they really want you to do, and we'll talk about this a little bit more once we get into the mechanics, but they want you to take more and more desperate measures to keep them there. Yeah, totally. And then at the end of that time period or time limit, you're kind of presented with different choices of how to like deal with it. So you can you know, you can if if you have high enough hope, they'll just not leave. You know, they'll just be like, Okay, I guess we'll stay here. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how far you are down your either order, or religion, tech tree, you can have them executed. Right. <laughs> just summarily <laughs> executed. Uh-huh. Um, or you could just leave, let them leave. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it really has more to do with if they leave, do you still have enough population to keep your city running? Right. And also, if you let them leave, you know they're going to die. Yeah. Because they're going back to London and London is dead. Right. <laughs> Uh, also, you mentioned hope, so there's there's two there's there's a collection of different resources. Yeah. Um, but the two that sort of measure your current level of success or progress, kind mm-hmm. of ish, are hope and despair.
0: I think it's dissent, descent. Descent.
1: Okay. Uh, and those are both bars that can sort of fill up or drain depending on the decisions right. you make and sort of random events that happen. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you want. More hope and less dissent. Yeah, and having hope and dissent at particular thresholds mm-hmm. uh, gives you access to things, changes the conditions under which your city is operating, and lets you take certain actions in some events, or yeah. maybe even stop some events from happening. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, So that's kind of the uh, that's the that's the metric of where you are
0: mm-hmm. in terms of
1: I want to say progress, but it's not really progress. It's right. not like. Trying to get them to anywhere in particular necessarily, it's just sort of like
0: just like how sustainable can you be?
1: Yeah, what's your what your what your current standing is amongst mm-hmm. your people? Yeah, because the way that you actually get a game over is if people get unhappy enough, they will just exile you.
0: Yeah, um, it it actually it's kind of interesting. It gives you like so y- once your hope drops to zero or dissent meter fills all the way up, you're basically given an ultimatum. Yeah. They'll say, Hey, like, we hate you. Like, change things in four days or yeah. you're out of here. Yeah. Um, and if and then if you can't do it by then then they'll kick you out. Yeah. Um and inevitably
1: that's a nearly impossible task because you've been like just <laughs> barely hanging on the yeah. whole time. And if you could have done that in four days you probably already would have.
0: <laughs> right. True. Um I think I only, yeah, I only passed an ultimatum once. I think I did too. (laughs) And that was only because I just happened to, like, be able to build a building that boosted hope or, like, pass a law Uh that, like, just got it high enough that they were okay. Yeah. After that, um, the the sort of trick that the Londoners scenario plays on you is that you spend your time focusing on that, when really what's going on is there's a giant, like, the the storm to end all storm, storms <laughs>
1: uh,
0: on the way, yeah. and it's going to hit you in, like, I don't know, like five days or something. Yeah. Um, and then, then you, you're given these, like, almost impossible, like, <laughs> you have to have enough food for 5 days, you know, you have to have enough uh wood stored up. You have to call back all of your explorers and outposts and like yeah. by the time it gives you those objectives, they're nearly impossible to complete.
1: Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, even like in a second playthrough knowing what's coming, I still don't think you could possibly <laughs> perfectly prepare. I mean, I feel like it's it's one of those like Try to do these five things, but really you're only going to get three of them. sort of a situation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you try to do the best you can, knowing what's coming. (laughs) And the hard
0: part with the storm is it shuts down almost everything that happens in your city. So because of the extreme cold temperatures, probably nobody's going to be working. Mm -hmm. But the big thing is food production. Mm -hmm. Um, None of your hunters will go out and hunt and any of the... Like, if you build uh, greenhouses or whatever, those will stop functioning because they're too cold.
1: Yeah. You really just need to stockpile food. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, you will be burning fuel to stay warm the whole time. Right. Which means that you need coal. Yeah. Because that's how that works.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, of course, you can't, like, it's hard to get people to go out in the cold to mine coal. Right. So you need to have a bunch, or you need to have robots Uh to mine your coal for you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Which is key. Mm Mm-hmm. Robots will not
0: make food for you. <laughs> no, but they will. And and the other sort of important thing about automatons, which are like a special class of worker that you can either get through, like, story conditions or uh, build them eventually, mm-hmm. um, is they'll work almost 24-hour shifts. Yeah. They don't need any sort of food and water. They don't need heating. Right. And they'll work when all your other workers are on their off time.
1: Yeah. Slightly less efficiently. than yes. humans, but... Very worthwhile, I yeah. Think.
0: I think so too.
1: <laughs> uh, I feel like we're already sort of verging into talking about gameplay here. Um,
0: let's wrap up really quick the story stuff with yeah. the ending, okay? How do you what do you think?
1: Um, well, I mean, so in the end, if you manage to weather the storm,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the, te- the the temperature is dropped abysmally low right. and then finally goes back up and things sort of thaw and it's just kind of over at that point. Yeah, Like you've, you've basically, you've seen the worst that your new, your brave new world has mm-hmm. to throw at you. You know that you can weather it. Uh, and you're left sort of with the decisions you had to make when you were desperate to survive. Right. Cause that shapes what your society is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does feel like it's kind of a, there's not much of a climax, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know the process of everything sort of building up through that storm scenario is kind of clinic. I don't know it does just sort of end it just says like well this is where we are now and now that's it Yeah, and then the game's over um,
0: it does a really cool little um, sort of montage uh, that oh, yeah. like a like a what do you call it uh, long exposure um, animatic uh-huh. the thing uh, where you luncheon? keep a camera on the same place for a long oh, time uh, yeah, time lapse time lapse <laughs> yes of, uh, yeah, that's of right. your city you know building up Um, and the thing that I don't really like about it is it has a really judgmental tone to it (laughs) Uh in a way that I don't feel like is really earned by the game. Yeah. I understand that like the, the point and idea behind the sort of themes of the game are like, you know, what if, if pushed to extreme circumstances, what do you know, people uh, do to survive and you know, what do they lose in that process? But also, like, a lot of those circumstances are artificially difficult by nature of design of the game. That's true. So, like, being like, oh, man, we were monsters. We made children work in the mines. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, but we're also the only humans left. And, right. like, we needed coal. So... Yeah. There's there's a line that's like, you know, we, we made it through, but did, you know, with what what did we have left intact or whatever (laughs) and and i just i don't know like i just spent like you know 17 hours on multiple playthroughs trying to beat this game Uh and now it's like shaming me
1: yeah like maybe it could have done better Right,
0: that that feels (laughs) shitty yeah um
1: i don't know i feel that didn't bother me that much yeah I mean, cause that is, cause like you said, it is, kind of, it, maybe it's overstating the, the point of the game. Like yeah. It's, it's underlining it a little too heavily. I, I, I do feel like in those situations, because it's obviously being made to be artificially difficult uh-huh. and because it is just a game. Yeah. Uh, I think that you can easily justify doing all sorts of stuff that's morally <laughs> reprehensible because right. whatever, these are digital people I'm trying to win a game. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that's just sort of like a like a heavy-handed attempt to be like I think,
0: what if I think maybe that was it, because like it would be one thing if it was a different kind of game. I think you might be able to achieve a more like personal connection with your people yeah. in a different kind of game. But, like, in a city management sim, you're really just managing meters. That's
1: true. Yeah, it is just spreadsheets. And, <laughs> and like,
0: uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's morally reprehensible to build a propaganda center. But everybody's angry all the time. Right. And like propaganda makes them happy. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, that's true. You know, and there's no, like, there's a, you uh, you know, when you build that building, like, there's a temporary... Like descent thing, but it goes away. Yeah, it's not like they're angry about it. I kind of see it just so like rather than having
1: real real world, uh, you can't see but I'm doing air quotes but <laughs> real world consequences, in game consequences for those decisions in the moment. Right, it's sort of slapping it on afterwards. Yeah,
0: it's it's saying like, look at these things that you had to do to to. to because the game is hard. Because this is the game that you're yeah, playing. Yeah. Look at these things you had to do, and don't you feel bad about them? Right. Now. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I can sort of see where you're coming <laughs> <sighs> I mean, at the end of, I guess we'll talk about that more in mechanics. But at the end of those specific trees is like the you become the the you know god emperor or yes. like the the despotic tyrant of your town. but... Yeah along the road up to that like people can still kick you out Mm -hmm. you know it's not like after the storm it's it's completely impossible that someone might kill you and take over and do a better job or a worse job
1: right or that you might be able to make less uh, brutal choices right that you're not in as bad of a situation
0: yeah yeah that it felt off to me
1: Like, did you have any moral qualms about, like, stuff that you picked at all? Uh,
0: so I I felt really weird about the the um, order tech tree uh, just because, like, it starts out pretty innocuous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, guard posts and, like, you know, organize, a, like, a night watch and yeah. stuff like that. And then it gets into, like... Form a secret police, like create a jail, right. make, propaganda make the propaganda thing. Yeah, um, that's true. It
1: gets pretty skeezy pretty fast.
0: <laughs> so I mean, that felt weird. And it doesn't seem like
1: the like the faith. So there there's two. There's an initial tech tree, mm-hmm. and then once you've gotten to a certain point, it splits into two directions. Either towards order, yeah, which is. It's it's really just the difference between um,
0: a theocracy or not a theocracy, right? Right, or like a dictatorship, essentially.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can either go the order route, which is sort of like increasing, uh, I don't know, civil control. You have you have police action. You have laws. You have that sort of thing yeah. I, I don't know it is it works out to be about the same but just without the religious angle yeah. to it Yeah. more control over the population until finally totalitarianism right and
0: I think I think specifically one is good at raising hope and one oh. is good at lowering dissent
1: it's probably order is good at lowering
0: dissent faith is faith good at raising hope it, yeah.
1: yeah that makes sense
0: to the, to the ultimate ends of, like, once you're at the bottom of that tree, like, it, it'll it tell you, like, hope is no longer an issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which always seems like it's so vital. <laughs> it's just like, wow. <laughs> and, and it's funny, like, I, again, like, I get, I get that they're supposed to be weighty decisions, but, like, that's the only one that it'll prompt you before, yeah. like, you choose it, it'll be like, wait a minute. People aren't going to like this. Right. Like, are you sure you really want to do that? Right.
1: And the people that aren't going to like this are going to be killed. <laughs> <laughs> not going to because this is where you're at now. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um
1: I don't think there's any like any choices that I made that I did I definitely didn't feel that personally connected to the game. Like it didn't yeah. it didn't make me feel like guilty or like second guess, you know, the choices that I made uh-huh. for sure.
0: Um, I felt, I mean, and we can talk about this a little bit more in the mechanics, but uh, one of the choices is how you, like, uh, how you deal with food. Mm -hmm. Um, And we actually, beforehand, we kind of split up because there are a lot of them that are split um, into two different paths. Right. Um, So I chose to put sawdust in my people's food. Uh I chose to make soup. uh, That felt bad. (laughs) Yeah. But also, like, I got way more out of my food. Right.
1: right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, like, people didn't like my soup that much, but it they held them over until I got more food. I mean, what do you want? Right. <laughs> uh, there are also um, points during the story where they ask you to sort of countermand those choices that you've made, where, like, the food thing where they've said, well, people are no longer happy with the sawdust movie. know, <laughs> <then>, you know. <laughs> If you choose to switch to this kind of food you'll yeah. there'll be a benefit or there'll be a consequence if you don't mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting
0: and it does like throughout the game um, it'll prompt you um, to like pass laws if you're not paying attention to that or yeah. um, it'll have little like kind of choose your own adventure segments where a random event will come up
1: right. a a hunter and his child come up to you and say that they saw something strange in the snow that morning? (laughs) Do you allow them to go investigate, but you lose a worker for the day? Do you tell them, ha ha, that's silly. (laughs) Hope will fall. Right. Or do you, like, murder them? I don't know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And oftentimes, especially, like, after the, the Londoners form, those choices are less about, like, What's the good choice, what's the bad choice, and more about, like, what's the least impactful. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, you'll have, oh, you know, the Londoners have put up some graffiti on the walls, Mm -hmm. you know, do you stamp them out and make an example, and then, like, hope will greatly fall, or do you just, like, scrub down the graffiti, and, like, hope will raise a little bit, right? or, like... You know they're like it's less about what what is the right air quotes right choice and wrong choice and more about like what is the choice that sort of does the least amount of damage yeah
1: like what can you afford to do yeah. with your city the way it is right now mm-hmm. um in the meantime, when you're doing the scouting missions, which is all the stuff that happens outside your city, mm-hmm. you run into a few different scenarios where that are more like risk versus reward. Yeah. Like, do you keep pressing on, knowing that what you're doing is dangerous, but also maybe you'll find cool stuff?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, um, did you ever have any expedition teams die? No. Okay, neither did I. It seemed like it was a possibility, though, right? It definitely... <laughs> so, apparently what it is is, like, every event has like a 50/50 chance or something um of like having a, a death oh. uh, related outcome huh um but yeah i never i never ran into that and so like i just to be safe i was always sending my like expeditions back oh, yeah, every the, mission yeah. but there are definitely times where you'll find like survivors you know and you can be like oh, I'll have my team escort them back, and then they make it back safely. Right. Or you can have them walk back on their own, mm-hmm. which, you know, causes some of them maybe to be sick when they arrive, or not everyone makes it back alive. Right. Or you can just, like, turn them away.
1: Yeah. Actually, I guess I'll, I will take that back. There was, on my winning playthrough, when the storm was coming, you basically have three big groups of survivors. Yeah. will so show up at your sitting and be like, hey, you know, we need some place to stay. I turned two of them away Ooh. and I felt bad about that. Yeah. But also I'm pretty sure that's why I managed to make it through that time. So mm-hmm. again, I think it was the right decision. <laughs> yeah.
0: I definitely, in those uh, sections, I started out always like escorting people back. And then at some point, like, I felt like it was better to just have them walk back. Yeah. Because like having more people is a good thing. Like having workers is a positive resource that you can spend. Yeah. Yeah. But being able to support those workers is also very difficult,
1: right? Because you need to take more resources to build more infrastructure to support the workers, and you can't always just slot the workers into taking yeah. more resources immediately. There's yeah. a weird little like cycle that you have to complete. Mm-hmm. Did you? What, what would you say your like good sort of stable city size ended up being?
0: Um, I'm trying to remember. Like before the storm, I want to say I had about like. Maybe 200 or 250 people, Yeah, about?
1: I definitely... I'm more like 140 or 160. Oh, wow. I think, I think it worked better with less yeah, people. Probably. Because well, at the end, when the storm is happening, your main source of heat is your reactor, which yeah. is in the center of your city, and we should talk about why the center is important and stuff. Uh-huh. But uh, it's just much easier to heat smaller groups of people. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. And with less people more people stay warm, less people are unhappy with you. and uh-huh. yeah. Um, oh wait, I have two more story notes real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, which is that, uh, on the subject of time to build the last city on Earth, the first button that you click to like get into a new game is we have to survive. <laughs> it's not like continue or start uh-huh. or anything. Uh-huh. And then when you inevitably lose, your button that you get to click on is I did my best. <laughs>
0: It's definitely some to it. Yeah, very <laughs> accurate. I guess maybe moving in a more uh, direct way into gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first sim- city simulation game that we've done, so maybe we should hit the broad strokes of that as a genre okay. first, and then we can talk about kind of what makes this one like special or unique. Okay. So, like we said, um, you are you are building up your city, managing these meters. Uh, you're working off of four, maybe five main resources. You've got uh, wood, uh, steel, coal, and then food, raw food, and cooked food. Right. And then, like, steam cores are kind of like a special optional resource. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, um, the, the, you have to build, you know, structures for your people to live in. Ways to gather resources, places to keep those resources.
1: Yeah, you have to. You have to build. You have a technology tree. Yes, that you have people working on. You slot people into the technology building to get technology research points or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have your separate, um, like, code of laws sort of technology tree. Right, which um, progresses
1: on its own. Right. There's yeah. no. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah I think it just works on a timer so every time you pass a law it gives you you know X amount of in game hours before you can pass another one yeah it's one. like a cooldown. yeah and yeah. these uh, range anywhere from like what do we do about child labor to like how do we what do we do with dead people
1: right is prostitution legal right
0: um, like you know do we build do we keep uh, terminally sick people alive right um
1: are there roving bands of religious police that tell
0: you you're not allowed to do things right um, so that's all covered in that section mm-hmm.
1: well actually let's let's keep talking about layout every city builder has that in common right like you're right. laying something at your you're building out a city physically over the course of a space uh-huh this um, one
0: is pretty unique though in the sense that your your uh, your core your steam or not steam core but your generator. Is the center of um, your city. Mm-hmm. And it's always the warmest part of your city because it's the closest into the generator. Right. And then you build out radially um, from that. Yeah. So, like in a circle.
1: Yeah. Like these concentric sort of like rings and spokes coming out from the middle. Yeah. Which is super cool. It is. I've never seen a layout sort of system like that before. Yeah. And it's not like at first I was kind of thinking like, uh, like, like uh, it's a cool idea but like maybe it's kind of hokey but actually I ended up really, really liking it. Mm-hmm. Like, it. It makes you make some really interesting sort of planning decisions.
0: Yeah. The radius of your heat extends out only so far, which you can upgrade and increase mm-hmm. uh, through the, the tech tree, but that increases the amount of coal you consume. Yeah. Um, and then certain buildings also some... Uh, Buildings have inherent heat to them. Mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, you can also upgrade them with heaters. Uh, You can build um, buildings that, like, instead of being... So everything is laid out uh, around roads, all the normal buildings. Uh, But the heating buildings you can lay out on top of roads. Mm -hmm. um, So they cover a zone. Yeah. Um, And basically the reason reason that you want to keep... Uh, Houses and resource gathering spaces at a certain um, heat level is because if they drop too low, they become dangerous. So you have chances of people um, getting sick while they're working and then lower than that, um, they just won't function anymore.
1: Yeah, Yeah. which means that the place that was giving you food before is not giving you food when everyone's hungry.
0: Yeah. Or the thing that I had the most uh, trouble keeping... Uh, heated and functional were, uh, like, medical uh, tents or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, like, sick people start stacking up real Mm -hmm. quick if you don't have places to to process them.
0: Yeah, that's pretty rough. So, and then other than that, your population is kind of split up in in a unique way. Mm -hmm. So you have three different types of people that are in your city. You have uh, workers, which are your basic, like, laborers, um, they can do any of the the resource gathering, um, but nothing that's maybe like finer, more what you might consider skilled work or yeah. like something you would need an education for right. Um, and then you have engineers which can actually do everything mm-hmm. but but they can, some
1: things only they can do.
0: Yes they, sure. they can they can so they'll work your your medical tents, uh, your workshops uh, where you, uh, research things, right? Um, and then there are children.
1: Yes, who can do pretty much anything a worker does if you pass the laws that allow for child
0: labor. Yeah, no, and I think actually every game I ended up playing, that's one of the first things they prompt you for, is like, yeah. hey, we can't do, like, we don't have enough laborers. Do you want to pass right. this child what should we labor do with our kids? Um, and that sort of has a little bit of gradients to it. Two, so you can, you can either say yes, child labor, and then the spoke off of that is like, so when it starts out, children can only do what they consider like safe, safe. Yeah. labor, which is like working in your cookhouse or like working in the medical tents or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then like you can say children can do all labor, right, and then childrens are, you know, are just like workers again.
1: Yeah, they can walk across the freezing snowfield to take <laughs> coal out of the abandoned coal pile. <laughs> um, if
0: you opt not for that, you can build, um, like, children shelters mm-hmm. um, where they just hang out all day. Um, and then there are a couple of spokes off of that, which either allow them to work in workshops right. um, as, like, essentially, like, passive boosts yeah. um, to either workshops or, I think, medical centers. Yeah. Um, and that way you're still getting something out of them without them, right. like, being in danger.
1: Yeah, yeah, It's It's definitely a choice between, like, do you put them at risk for, for reward right now mm-hmm. if you really need resources, or do you wait and play it safe for now until you can finally get to the point where you can actually use them in a safe way? Yeah. And I don't know. I always pick child labor.
0: Um, I didn't uh, for the playthrough I ended up winning. Oh, and yeah. I found it really helpful to have them um, uh, help uh, workshops. Yeah. Because that way you get to the, like, buildings and stuff you need a lot quicker. Yeah. And then, let's see, I'm trying to think of... And the, the it's interesting that the way um, most city builder games, basically you find, like, a cache of resource mm-hmm. and you uh, mine that resource until it's gone. And then right. you move on to another cache of resource. Right. Um, And this game handles them in a couple of different ways. Um, When you start out, um, there'll be, like, wooden crates or, like, pieces of steel or, like, mounds of coal. Um, But you can kind of progress how you gather and extract those resources. So, like, you know, um, you can build a coal thumper, (laughs) which will, like, drum coal up out of the ground and you still have to send people out to gather it, but it's uh, essentially a limitless resource. Yeah. Um, versus, like, building coal mines, which work much more efficiently than having people gather it by hand, but it is a limited resource. And it's also, they're all located out at the, like, edges of your map.
1: Right, where it's not warm.
0: Um, so, so
1: it is It is kind of a process of, like, early on, you try to get as many resources as possible, But you eventually have to move to a more sustainable
0: source. The only thing that I didn't really feel like that was the case for, I never had to get past the sawmill. So, like, the way the wood gathering goes is you gather it from the crates, and then the next sort of step along that is you can build sawmills, uh, which will let them gather from, like, piles of frozen trees.
1: Yeah, like deadfalls of leftover
0: forests or whatever. And then eventually you get the one that drills into the walls yeah. for trees. Yeah. And it never really felt like that was necessary. No,
1: me neither. Yeah, lumber was always the least of my concerns. Yeah. There is a path that you can take that builds lumber into coal.
0: Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. That I, I
1: tried the second time, and honestly, I, I still don't think I needed it. Yeah. Like, I could have just been better about how I managed my coal consumption mm-hmm. and production.
0: Um, and then steel is pretty simple. It You gather it from a spot, and then pretty early on... Um, I think the second step from that is just mining it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Food, you have a few different options. Yeah. You can, you get, do you get frozen food in the beginning? I think you just have to start hunting, You just
0: start hunting. Um, And hunting is a little bit unique in that it happens at night as opposed to the work hours that are during the day.
1: Right. And that it's a two-step process. You go out and get raw food at night and then you spend the day cooking it into actual food that you can feed people. Yeah. Uh, and that, that sort of ratio of, like, how to get raw food, like, how much raw food you need coming in, as opposed to how much you need to actually, like, cook into regular food during the day, was always sort of, like, a weird... I had trouble getting that just right. Yeah. Like it felt like you didn't just need, like, one hunter building and one cooker building. Right. Like, it was a, a different, more of an uneven ratio than that.
0: Yeah. I always felt like food gathering was one of the hardest resources. Yeah. Um. Just because, like... One of the cool things about this game is there is like an economics menu where you can, it'll yeah. just give you a spreadsheet of like in a, in a day's worth, like how much are you bringing in and how much are you consuming. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like I really got past like being at a slight deficit for food. Yeah, I felt um, the same way. And I'm not sure why that is, um, but so like you you can hunt food. Um, you can eventually build a building like a greenhouse mm-hmm. hothouses a hothouse um, <laughs> that where you can grow food yeah um, so that's a little bit safer but I think it's less food than hunting. Uh, you might be right. Um, and then at some point you can get flying hunters which are more efficient than like ground hunters mm-hmm.
1: and industrial hothouses which yeah. are hotter yeah I guess
0: um, and steam cores, are the only thing that you really don't have a way to produce. Right. So Steam Cores, uh, you'll find while you're exploring out on the world map, um, and they're either used for building advanced buildings, well, researching advanced buildings and then building those advanced buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also you can, at some point, once you get like a foundry or something, uh, you can... Uh, make automatons mm-hmm. out of them which did you ever get into that
1: no i didn't either i never felt like i was like i was rich enough to afford that yeah right?
0: and i also felt like my steam cores were better spent making buildings than yeah they were making the automatons yeah
1: and you actually i i definitely ended up with more steam cores than i needed by the end of the game oh really yeah Hmm. Uh, I, I was really, really aggressive about scouting my second time and it really paid off. Like you can, you can have two, maybe three scout teams. You can have at least least two. Two. I did that. Like I kind of rushed to that. Yeah. And then had them out scouting forever. Like I didn't let them ever come home. Like I just kept getting more and more stuff. And then basically I told them to come home when I needed the resources they were carrying. Yeah that actually worked out really well interesting
0: yeah huh
1: um but so as a result like i got the automaton pretty early Mm because you you find one from from scouting and i got a bunch of steam cores like to the point where i would run across new points of interest and when you're doing the little choose your own adventure one of them would be like oh we could try doing this thing that might get us a steam core and be like i don't (laughs) like
0: i'd rather have this pile of
1: food or whatever huh
0: yeah interesting so the the way that works is you're able to... It takes a certain amount, like, ten people and some resources. Um, and once you build the building, you, s- like, send them up in, a like, a tethered hot air balloon. Yeah. Um, and they go to different points. Uh, traveling to a point takes a certain amount of in-game time. Mm-hmm. And then you get a little event. So, like... Maybe you went to a cave and, like, there's some survivors there, but there's also some bears there. And, like, do you save them from the bears and get those survivors or do you just leave?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Or sometimes you'll come across uh, places that you can use later as outposts, um, and a lot of those are, like, you find a still-functioning coal mine. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to disassemble it and take all the coal you can and, like, take a thousand coal now? Or do you want to, like, send out an outpost team and they can ferry coal to you every day, like, 800 coal?
1: Yeah, so you end up having a rig re- again, like, do you want the, the immediate reward or the sustainable method? Right. Although bearing in mind that once the storm comes, all those outposts go away. Yeah. And you have to, you, you also spend, I don't know, people and resources to make the outposts, basically. Right, yeah. Which I think is pretty worthwhile.
0: I think so, too.
1: That's part of why I wanted to do the early scouting, too, uh-huh. so I could get to those and have those that lined up sense. sooner.
0: And I think the the one of the things that the game doesn't really uh, do a good job of explaining the importance of is like the ability and the necessity to stockpile things. Yeah. Um. So there are buildings that you can build uh, that are just like storage houses or something, and you once they're built, you assign them to a certain resource, and they will increase the cap mm-hmm. um, of resource that you can hold. Yeah. Um, And it took me, I want to say, like, three games (laughs) to even figure out, like... Because mostly I was running so close to the the edge with all of my uh, resources that... Yeah. Like, that didn't even seem like something to consider. Right. Yeah. Um, But once your generator gets upgraded, like, it really starts requiring a lot of coal. Mm -hmm. Um, If your population gets big enough, you know, they'll take a lot of food and being able to stockpile things... Um, is actually really helpful. even if you don't expect that you'll use them. So like we were talking about like wood, yeah, you know, even even if you don't think you need three thousand wood, like the ability to hold three thousand wood is still really important, mm-hmm. just in case you do,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. And because, yeah, inevitably something terrible will happen, and you'll wish that you had more, especially, <laughs> especially coal, yeah, like, If something happens that interrupts your coal supply to the point where you're still trying to get it back together and your generator shuts down, it's pretty much the end of the game. Yeah. Or it's just, it has such grave consequences that you're not recovering from it anyway. Right. Yeah.
0: the the other thing that's kind of tied into the generator and uh, temperature is you can actually have a fair amount of control over that and how it operates Mm -hmm. Um, so it starts out at a base level um, and then the more you increase it the more it, um, the higher its heat capability is um, and then the I think the amount of coal it takes increases by like a factor of one per level. Yeah. So like the first time you go from one to two, it's twice as much, and then two to three is three times as much. Yeah. Three to four, etc. Et um And then you can also upgrade the range or radius outwards mm-hmm. um, that it covers, which and, similarly
1: <coughs> multiplies
0: yeah. consumption. Um, and then you can also throw it into overdrive, mm-hmm. um, which gives you a small, like, I want to say like three or four hour window of time yeah. um, where it will overproduce, um, but it also has a meter that, like, if it fills up all the way, it'll burn out, essentially, and it'll have to be offline for a certain amount of time. Right. Right. So a lot of a lot of managing your temperature is kind of going into that and seeing how much like you know, how much overdrive can I get away with or like do I really need um, the you know the temperature to be at the highest right now, or can yeah. I scale that back yeah. a little bit?
1: Yeah, is it okay if everyone's a little bit chilly knowing that the risk of injury is a little bit higher right. but also you're not burning as much coal?
0: Um and um, another thing that changes um, is the weather. Oh, yeah. Um, so you get like a... I want to say it's like a three-day... Maybe it's a little bit further than that forecast.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe not quite a week. But yeah. like, yeah, you can sort of see what's coming.
0: Um, and as that, it, as that time passes, it will show you uh, increases or decreases in temperature. Mm-hmm. Generally, as the, the main game goes along... Uh, it decreases yeah. but in the early parts of it it'll like drop you know one, it's like sort of uh, denoted by uh, like arrows so it could go down one and then up two and then down two and then down one and then up two and yeah. then um, you know and so that, that also sort of influences like do I need all of my you know steam heaters on right? like during this time, or can I get away with, you know, turning them off. Um, they also have an interesting setting that's um, either running them 24 hours or just when people are, like, during free time, I think? Oh, okay. I
1: thought it was just during working, working hours. hours? Yeah.
0: Okay. That maybe makes more sense. But yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can either, either decide, like, do I need this area heated all the time Do I just need it heated when people are there? Mm -hmm. uh, Things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In in regards to balancing all of your your resource production and consumption and how you manage heat and how you manage housing your population and how you have all your population slotted into buildings, Mm -hmm. I think that the game does a really good job of giving you lots of interesting options, allowing you to make risky decisions, but Uh maybe profit from them. And to sort of, like, see... Like, it doesn't seem like it's that much of a mystery when you make decisions what the outcome's going to be. Yeah. Like, you're you're pretty confident that you can actually make tactical decisions. Yeah. uh, Which I really appreciated.
0: Well, and especially, like, in those, uh, like, choose-your-own-adventure story bits, it'll tell you what the outcome of each one is. So, like, you know do you lose two people but, like, get a thing, or you know, does hope go down? Does And the same thing for, like, every time you pass a law, it's very clear about all of the effects of passing those, you know, will either, like, despair go up or down, hope go up or down, like, what new buildings does it give you access to? Like, what new features can you do? Yeah. Uh, Which is really cool. I think it actually, in that sense, does a really good job of um, communicating to you what's going on in the game yeah um, and even to the point of like if you uh, hover your mouse over the hope or uh, descent meters it'll tell you like what's an ongoing effect what's a temporary effect yeah like how long is that temporary effect going to last mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I thought definitely overall it does a really good job of presenting information to you mm-hmm. I really appreciate
0: yeah oh and there's also it'll give you like little side quest, like sort of optional objectives. That was another one that it took me a really long time to figure out that I'm really just better off not doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So like every once in a while it'll be like, Oh sir, like there are some cold houses. Do you want to promise the people you can keep those houses heated for four days? Like heat all of the houses for four days. Do you want to tell them that you can heat two of the house for four days or, like, this just isn't a priority right now. Right. Um, and most of the times that I was losing, I was taking those on and not realizing that I couldn't complete them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, it, it gives you the opportunity to do them, but you sh- it really punishes you for over-promising and yeah. not delivering. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to sort of work through that, too that contributes to, so between, between those objectives and sort of the, the background plot of like, oh, people are unhappy and want to go back to London and Uh the storm is coming in, uh, generates what I appreciate the most about this game, which is the like sense of urgency. Like it has a tempo to it. Yeah. Uh, that I just don't, I don't think I get in other sort of city builders. Yeah. uh, Even, I mean, like, Tropico has some stuff like that. Uh, SimCity definitely doesn't. No. Uh, Those are so much more, like, Mm sandboxy. And this is really not sandboxy at all. It's like a puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, Which I I was sort of delighted by.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely... um, It feels like it's very well-tuned to always keep you kind of... At the at the tip of the cliff like yeah you except for at the beginning like maybe if you like have a good even if you have like a good strong start mm-hmm. like the game is sort of tuned to not keep you there for very long yeah definitely
1: uh and speaking like how did you feel about the difficulty
0: curve in general <sighs> I think it's good but I think unfortunately the game I think the game is at its best like, maybe the first time through or maybe the first two times through. Yeah. You know, the more, unfortunately for me at least, the more I sort of realized kind of what was going on behind the scenes and, like, what I should actually be focusing on, the less I felt like I was being engaged by the game and the more I felt like I was just, like, oh, this is, like, this thing, so I have to do all this stuff to, like, right. negate that so I can get to the next thing and, like, you know. Yeah. Um, Also, my other thought was that I think it needs some sort of overhaul on its safe system. Yeah. Um, because the, the, the thing is, um, a lot of these, a lot of other games that deal with high difficulty, um, this is what you might call an, an iterative difficulty, uh-huh. um, where the way that you progress in the game is by doing the same thing over and over and getting better at it each time. Yeah. So it's something like a roguelike Yes. Well works on the same way. Um, the thing with those games, or like, you know, Meat Boy is mm-hmm. like a really good example, is the turnaround on each iteration is so quick right. that it feels much less like lost time. So, you know, obviously meat boy you're looking at a matter of seconds but even something like gungeon or isaac Mm -hmm. you're probably not playing more than like maybe 15 minutes in a run yeah and if that you know even after failing 15 minutes going back and doing it again isn't that bad yeah with this game you're looking at like hours definitely hours yeah Three or four hours, maybe before you lose. Yeah,
1: well, and then and then like three or four hours until you get back to the point that you are at before you lost. <laughs> right. And you might still have some hours ahead of you. Yeah. And then if you lose again, you're, yeah.
0: And and the and the problem with the saving in the game is it only auto saves every day, mm-hmm. and it only keeps one auto save. Yeah. So even if you were like, oh, like you know, I should have got more food, you know, three days ago. It's not right. like you can roll back three days, right. reload that autosave and be like, okay, I, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's true. You have to start over. Yeah. Or man keep your own manual saves. Right.
1: Uh, which is annoying and like that's that's kind of, like autosaves should be solving that problem for you. It's mm-hmm. weird that they're not.
0: <laughs> um, but other than that, I think I think it's actually pretty impressively uh, well tuned.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I think I agree. Like, it it doesn't necessarily have a lot of replay ability just because cause it is more of a puzzle game. So once you've solved the puzzle, right. you can do it again.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but that first, the process of figuring it out in the beginning and making it through your first time mm-hmm. is really rewarding. Yeah. And like, really a relief once you finally make it through the storm.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah it's definitely a difficult game yeah like i would not call this an easy game no
0: especially because so like in a regular um city builder you might you might have something like oh at the end of like three months your city has to make fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars you know and then if you can't do that it's game over like that's a, that's a pretty common thing or like you know but the the way that you, you're not managing as many things you know you're just trying to right. like you know, build the biggest roller coaster so you can get the people or, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Uh, but this game really sort of deals with a lot more, almost almost like like an RTS amount of yeah. like systems that you're engaging with, but in a much less direct way.
1: Yeah, like on a day-to-day basis, you might want to reallocate your workers a little bit. Yeah. Or you always have, you know, scouting parties that you're checking up on. You always mm-hmm. have a new policy coming up. You're always asking like, well... Should should I have all the people slotted into research right now or should they be all helping get wood so that I can build the next warehouse so that I can build a new coal and store more coal like right you always have those those different sort of like pieces like plates that are busy spinning yeah to yeah, keep yeah up with. definitely
0: <laughs> like you know in a game like Tropico, sure you're like mining things and like gathering and, and hunting but that that's all it means to get money
1: mm-hmm. and know? it's
0: also pretty set it and forget it yeah in tropico
1: like not a lot changes in terms of the conditions of gathering resources and
0: you don't have to have like 10 deer pelts to build you know a bar yeah you just have to have the money yeah um, whereas in this game you it has a more of a like an rts feel where you have to have like x amount of trees and x amount of gold or yeah
1: that's a really good point you don't have a single consolidated currency to spend
0: yeah yeah
1: you can you can upgrade some buildings yes. like if you've if you've researched the upgraded version you can place a new upgraded one over top of the old one and it'll mm-hmm. build for a little less resources I yeah thought that was a cool feature that
0: is a, a cool feature that they definitely don't even tell you it's in the game Uh huh. <laughs> yeah yeah actually <laughs> what, about, uh, what about like tutorial stuff um, In general, I think their tutorial is pretty good. Basically, as you, like, encounter new things, it'll pop up a little, like, tutorial menu for you to read. Yeah. And those were generally helpful. But there yeah. are definitely things like renovating buildings um, that it doesn't really yeah, it doesn't tell cover. you about. Um, Also, one of the things that I encountered in the order uh, law path um, that I don't th- think is a part of the... As much as part of the um, religious one mm-hmm. is in the order path, the buildings that you build that, like, cover your people mm-hmm. um, and make them happier are actual buildings you put. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the religious path, which has the buildings that you put on roads.
1: Oh, yeah, that's So, true.
0: like, if you hadn't already planned your city around that... Yeah. ...then you would have to, like, dramatically retrofit and it's really
1: rough doing renovations like knocking out buildings and switching around roads and stuff like Mm -hmm. not only does that take a lot of time and sort of waste resource well that's it it takes time and waste resources that you're never (laughs) in a position to spare
0: right um so that's i mean that's kind of
1: weird also, buildings have abilities. Yeah, that are actually pretty essential, mm-hmm. I think, to winning. And that's that's definitely one of the reasons that I didn't win the first time through, is because yeah. I wasn't using my like ring the bells to make people happier, uh-huh. you know, or which it's basically like trade some resources for a positive effect, mm-hmm. which is something that your stockpile ends up being right.
0: Definitely. For. Um, there's another one. I don't know if it's specifically in the order, or if it's in your main tech tree, uh, but you can like researcher uh like overseers yeah and you can like once per couple of days you know if you pay like 10 cooked food at a specific resource gathering area you can like double output or something like that it was really really useful
1: yeah definitely
0: i don't think they needed like a, a better tutorial per se like i wouldn't have wanted like oh, welcome to the tutorial map for uh-huh. Frostpunk. Here we're going to talk about right. how you build a city. Right, You know, like, that doesn't seem useful or fun.
1: Yeah. I think I think at the beginning I did kind of want it to be a little bit, just a little bit more hand-holdy, like yeah. a little bit like click. Again, you can't see me, but I'm pretending to put something. <laughs> click at this thing, like, oh, this is the button that makes a house. Click this house and put a house over here. Now your people have been, you know, now there's 10 people living in this house. There's still 90 that aren't living anywhere. Build nine more <laughs> houses. Yeah. Because uh, it didn't really do that so much as it just like popped up a thing that said houses exist. Right. You should build them properly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very
1: important. Uh, like all the information was there. It just wasn't quite a, it wasn't a walkthrough. Yeah. So much as it was like it provided you with the information and then you sort of try to do it, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, which worked out okay. Like, obviously, both of us got the hang of it. Yeah. Uh, but I, could have, I could have done with like slightly more.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: It's good. Yeah, I really like the way it looks. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely communicates that everything is, like, very cold mm. and that the situation is very dire. Yeah. Um, all, the, all the, like, the illustrations of people... There's lots of little shots of, like, here's someone in a, you know, winter coat clutching their child and they have coal streaked on their face. Like, there's yeah. lots of good stuff that communicates what's happening in the world.
0: And I specifically like the way that those... Um, like sections like artistically are made they're kind of like you know like ink blot yeah
1: watercolor like they look a little bit runny yeah
0: yeah they have a cool sort of visual aesthetic to them
1: yeah i i really appreciate that yeah and it i would say that overall like the i don't know the it, in terms of the interface and how it sort of shows you the different views that you have access to mm-hmm. it does a pretty good job of letting you see everything you need to see be, because you're your city is a a, a wheel or a yeah. spiral or whatever.
0: You can rotate all the way around it. It's, mm-hmm. it's in three D, so that's kind of cool. The only thing that I would say, and I think this is probably on purpose, um, is that I feel like the buildings don't look visually distinct enough.
1: I had some trouble with from that too.
0: Each other, especially like in the beginning, it's really easy to keep track of like where you specifically put all all your buildings. Right. But once your city gets a little bit, like, out to the third or fourth rung, like, it's really hard to try and hunt down and find specific buildings. Yeah. Um, And there isn't, as far as I know, an easy way to do that.
1: The best way I could come up with was if you look at your... that, like, reports the economics view or whatever, Uh you can see the different buildings you have, and if you click into one each building has, an, like, a left and right carousel button oh. that you can flip to the next building of that carousel okay. Yeah, But even that, I feel like that's kind of a hacky solution. Like, yeah. the better solution would be you can tell what everything is at a glance.
0: But I feel like, I mean, that's probably on purpose, you I know? think so.
1: I think that that's, that's definitely in service of maintaining that environment.
0: Yeah. And just sort of, like, the desperation of, oh, like, I, you know, I gotta figure out... Which one of my medical bases isn't working? Right, or like, but everything
1: looks the same right. under all this goddamn snow. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of felt that way about worker assignments oh, too. Yeah. Actually, that like it it got a little bit tedious trying to figure out like what, wh- where did I put that worker or like how many people are at this place or whatever. But at the same time, like again. Maybe that's because it is hard to do that if you're trying to organize a you know surviving right. community in a post-apocalyptic winter landscape. <laughs> um,
0: one thing I specifically like that I noticed is um, how, like, just the visual, um, like, out, like look of everything fluctuates with the temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, as temperature lower there is actually, like, physically more snow on everything. And then, like, as it gets really low, uh, it'll start start to sort of, like, edge in from the side of your, like, perspective. Yeah, like, your view, like, the camera is Uh actually freezing over. Yeah. Which is Um, a nice effect. And then, like, the other side of that is kind of the, like, relief that you've Feel when temperatures go up and you can see it like physically melting away yeah you get a little like, bit of
1: steam yeah you can hear it crackling and kind of like yeah
0: that's pretty cool
1: it is they do they do a really i would say that uh this game is really impressively good at immersion mm-hmm. uh, which definitely. is again like something i wouldn't really expect from a city builder of all mm-hmm. things yeah definitely Oh, did you notice <laughs> that when you put some buildings next to each other, they sort of like grow into each other? No. Like they'll make little catwalks between oh, each other or really? like the fence will split to like
0: include both of the, the properties or whatever. Oh huh. Yeah. I didn't notice that. That was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Did you did your computer handle it okay?
0: Yeah, pretty okay. Um I felt like the load times were kind of long. I thought so too. And I don't know if that's like a computer thing or an optimization thing. Because I don't... I think I was probably running it at full graphics. It's right. It doesn't feel like a very, like, demanding
1: No. Like, mine was definitely working pretty hard during the final storm, just because yeah. it's so cold and there's so many, like, cold effects going right. on. But yeah, otherwise it was pretty okay. And as much as I like the graphics, you could definitely, like, scale back oh, the yeah. quality and still have it be a perfectly satisfying game,
0: I yeah. think. Yeah, which is a cool, cool thing. Like. Yeah. It's nice to have it look nice, but it's also nice that it like one of my favorite things about uh like Civ Four and Five. Oh yeah. Um, is being able to like zoom the camera out and you just get like the basic view. Yeah. And you can totally play the game like that. Yeah. In fact it might be easier. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely easier to see what things are sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. Um it's also really cool that um, they manage to yet yeah, in in a city building game generally you're working with a lot of space. yeah. So, like, you know, if you wanted to look at a specific, I don't know, residential district or something, you know, at the top of your map, then you have to scroll all the way up to your top. Right. And then maybe you want to look at something on the other end, and you have to go all the way over there. But what's cool about this game is basically everything that you ever need to access is in view of your camera. Yes. You know, you can zoom it in and pull it out, but at your most zoomed out... You have you can see everything right in your little space where you can build yeah, um, and I think that's really cool and makes it a little bit easier to deal with yeah. It it removes a little bit of that extra work of panning around. And
1: mm-hmm. also, now that you mention it, the the empty space thing. Uh, I think in games like SimCity or Tropico or whatever or City Skyline. Uh, you you look at the space that you have as something to be filled. Yeah, like oh, I can't wait to build out into that area. <laughs> right, I didn't feel that way in Frostpunk. At all. Right, you in fact you like almost want to keep things <laughs> as small and close to the center as possible. Right, yeah. So that's another way that it kind of like subverts that normal mm-hmm. that normal expectation. Yeah. the way
0: it sounds. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I like. there are a couple of fun little um, things that they do with the game. Uh, like, so there's a day-night cycle and at the beginning of every, like, working shift, you know, there'll be, like, a person that says, all right, everybody, let's go out and get some yeah. stuff or, you know, like... Captain says, time, time to go out and work. Right. Um, and you'll get like little dialogue blurbs from people, which kind of vary depending on it, like how well how yeah. you're doing. Take the temperature of your <laughs> town, so
1: to speak. Um, <laughs> and then,
0: like, when work time's over, they're like, Okay, you know, tools down, time to head back home. Right. Um, that was kind of fun. And I think those actually change depending on how far down your like secondary tree is, too. Oh, okay like they'll change to be like more religious or like more police statey that's cool
1: yeah all the the sort of like incidental sound effects and like ambient sounds and Mm -hmm. stuff are i have no complaints about yeah like again like they just make it feel more immersive right and give you actual like relevant cues for how you know what the state of the game is Mm -hmm. uh the music was composed by the, the Russian version of Peter... Pyotr? Pyotr? P- Peter. <laughs> Peter Musiel, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which I wasn't super impressed with. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. I ended up just muting it and listening to my own stuff. Or um, listening to podcasts, actually, after a while. Uh, but I don't know. Well, How would you feel about it?
0: I liked it in the sense that I felt like it... It's, it's quiet when it needs to be, and it's dramatic when it needs to be. So, like... most of the game actually I don't know that I actually specifically remember much of the music most of what I remember is when the storm hits and it like really ratchets up and starts like going um and you know that sort of builds the tension of oh you know oh my god right this is happening this is the end of games (laughs) how will we survive yeah (laughs) yeah
1: uh and in all fairness I didn't I forgot to do this week uh to listen to the soundtrack, like apart from the game, mm, yeah. Usually, I never do that day of. Uh, was that like? Do you think it was anything like memorable? Would you go back to it at all? No, yeah. I,
0: I. I think it were. It, it is music composed in service of. Like, yeah. like you said, like the immersion of the game. I think it helps with. Yeah. But it's not like it doesn't seem to stand out in my mind. Yeah.
1: Well, it kind of brings us to the uh, the final section. That's true. Uh, wait, are we do are we doing good, bad, or ugly anymore?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a good game. I
1: thought this is a really good game. <laughs> like, this is maybe one of the best city building games that I've played in. Who even knows how long? Definitely. Like there almost isn't other city building games like this that I know of.
0: Yeah. I well, I mean, I think the the survival aspect of it really. Breaks it apart from what yeah. most survive or most uh, city building games are about. Mm-hmm. What is, you know, in in the service of survival, what is acceptable, and you know what what lengths do humans go to?
1: Yeah, so. uh, I've been playing um, Pathologic, mm. uh, which actually has kind of a very similar like you have you have sort of like health you have food you have water like thirst and you have like an infection and you have like a tiredness so like you're constantly on the edge of like completely running out of any tolerance on any of those things Mm -hmm. uh that kind of reminds me of the same like it 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 keeps you moving around and presents you with a lot of options you're never going to be able to do all of them you just Uh have to try to do the best you can with where you're at right now and yeah i i really i really appreciate the that like bringing that into this Mm -hmm. this kind of genre
0: yeah definitely I think in terms of improvements uh, like I said more distinct buildings mm-hmm. I think I I don't think that that's important enough to the like theming of the game that it would it would be hurt by yeah. by that being changed yeah. um more robust autosave system even if it was just like like every 3 days
1: right yeah, I mean, like, it, there's, there's no space considerations for save games at this point, you know? Like, you can <laughs> right. just make a hundred saves in the course of doing the game, it's fine. Yeah, I think that they could, I mean, I, I would love to play Frostpunk 2. Yeah. Like, I would love to see another iteration on this this same idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, could have, you could have trade, you could have actual sort of, like, violent conflict with other surviving factions. You yeah. could go all sorts of ways with it. Uh, and with with basically what they have here, but like slightly better sort of UI, being mm-hmm. able to pick things out. And in terms of like what's novel about this game, uh, we we talked about like the the urgency, right? Uh, sort of the survival uh, thing. Um, and I think like there is kind of a like like press your luck, risk versus reward aspect to mm-hmm. the scouting. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that's that's particularly?
0: Mm, uh, the way the city is laid out. Oh yeah, yeah, the layout the, for sure. The, the circular sort of radial grid. Yeah.
1: The other thing. This is cutting back to something we just talked about, but replayability. Like, yeah. if they could find a way to make it a little, it's got to be rough because, like, one of the reasons that this is such a good experience is how under control it is. How mm-hmm. they when they present those sort of like moments of stress to you and how they give you sort of like the stressful and then the relief and then the yeah. stress and the relief. And I can see where that's harder to do if it's random.
0: Yeah, well, there's, so, um, I, something we didn't really engage with or talk about is there are, aside from the main scenario, there are, I think, four other, uh, separate scenarios yeah. that essentially are just, like, yeah. like, like, start point and, like, win conditions. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of like the, um, like the SimCity scenarios, like, right. oh, you're San Francisco after an earthquake. Yeah. Uh, but except this is like, oh, you know, you have the only seeds left in the world. Uh, you know, if you let this building get too cold, you lose. Uh-huh. Like, how do you figure for that? Right. Um, it's a pretty, I mean, as far as these this genre is concerned, it's a pretty short game. I agree. Um, you. I mean, like, I don't think I put more than, like maybe 12 hours into it? Yeah. Um, Probably
1: about the same... Maybe even a little bit less. Yeah. Uh, Because I think think it took me, like, three or four hours to lose the first time, Uh and then, like, four or five hours to win the second time. Yeah. So... About the name,
0: it's uh, it's Frostpunk. Do you think that's a good name? Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I don't know what you'd call it instead. I have like, a list of ideas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think of
1: my uh? Well, okay, well, for for one thing, obviously, if this is an Amplitude Studios game, who've made Endless Legend and Endless. Dungeon and all those things. It would be called endless winter.
0: Endless winter. But <laughs> <laughs> so we've got winter home, cold and Exodus. Yes. Uh, frozen <laughs> hope, frozen refuge, Frostopolis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ice world, the last city on earth. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like if I'm being generous. Frostpunk is actually the genre of the setting.
1: That's kind of how I felt too. Like it's <laughs> it's like it's a takeoff on cyberpunk and steampunk, right? right?
0: Like <laughs> or like I think solar punk, solar
1: punk, yeah, ecopunk, right? <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Like, I I felt like that was one of those decisions that was probably motivated by the marketing team rather than. The I mean, it's like maybe. it's
0: like a catchy name that sticks in your head, <laughs> right. whereas like. Frostopolis might be just like <laughs> what is this event? right <laughs> Ice World the last city on Earth
1: <laughs> but I don't know I, I feel like there could have been a, a, a slightly more fitting mm-hmm. because I wouldn't have guessed that if you said hey there's this game that just came out called Frostpunk this is not what I really have <laughs> expected
0: <laughs> yeah so I don't know Frostpunk sounds like a first person shooter
1: yeah or I don't know or something like more along the lines of like Factorio oh yeah or, yeah like one of those complicated like machine puzzle solver mm-hmm. things maybe um what about uh, story versus gameplay
0: uh I mean like like we kind of talked about um the story really you know this is really a game where you make your own or your you, you make the story of your city Right. You know?
1: Yeah, and, like, there's kind of no way to avoid that. Like, I guess you can sort of s- skip over the the little story interludes and stuff. Right. But the story arises just from playing the game. So yeah. it's, like, it's not even very easy to separate them, really.
0: And, and any bits of story that you do find are optional and, like, little, like, diary entries at, like, yeah. exploration locations or, you know, things that people will say to you. Right.
1: In terms of would we recommend it?
0: Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, it would be if people liked city building games, um, if they don't mind challenging games.
1: Yeah, because I think because this sort of subverts the normal sandboxy, slow and steady, there's not really that many consequences if you make a bad decision sort of feel for games like SimCity or Tropico or yeah. the old Caesar games or whatever. Like this isn't necessarily a game that I would recommend to someone who wants that. Right. I know some people kind of play those games because they're sort of like slow and chill, and you don't have to worry yeah. too much. And this is definitely not that. No, <laughs> it's
0: it's much more hectic.
1: Yeah, but it's it is like still an incredibly good game. Yeah, I I could see where the difficulty, like the learning curve, would put people off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend it to everyone. No,
0: it's it is a really good game though. Yeah. <laughs> and I think more people should play it if they haven't.
1: Yeah, maybe um, maybe if you're in a situation where you can kind of like watch someone else playing it, maybe yeah, you like get something out of it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like if anything we've talked about, I, I don't know this this is a really good game. Like I do, I do really I did really enjoy playing it, and I know uh-huh. there's a lot of people that would very particularly enjoy it for a lot of the same reasons yeah. we did. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, is that all there is to say about this game? I think so. Okay. Uh, well, what's coming up next? Well, next time we're going to be talking about everybody's least favorite Final Fantasy game. Yay! Uh, Final Fantasy X-2. X-2. I'm and so excited I'll about it. I'll give this. you a little preview spoiler. I don't think it's that bad.
1: <laughs> I don't remember thinking it was... No, actually, I mean, I remember liking some parts about
0: it particularly. Yeah. Um, okay. I think... I think there is a very specific way that um, I mean. We'll talk about this next time, but yep. there's a very specific way that I think that the game, uh, the people that made the game intended it to be played, <laughs> which is not the way that we are playing it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's actually pretty fun.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, un- until next time, you should you should remember to. Like, subscribe, comment, share, s-
0: enable notifications. That's right. <laughs> uh, we can be found on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash games these days podcast.
1: And if you, if you find our posts there or anywhere, feel free to, like, comment on it and yeah. tell us, like, oh, this is a terrible episode. I didn't like <laughs> this at all. What are you guys doing? Or whatever, because it's nice to hear feedback. Yeah.
0: We love feedback. Yeah. Um. If you... Find us on Tumblr. Uh, we are games these days dot, or games these days podcast uh, We're on iTunes, Games These Days Podcast. We're on Castbox under Games These Days Podcast, um, and at some undisclosed point in the future, we will have a website.
1: Yes, we have we have like very <laughs> beginnings of a website. We can turn into a real website at any moment. Uh, okay. And we're, we're on Spotify too.
0: Yes, yes, that's right. We are on Spotify. Games these days podcasts. Yeah.
1: Until uh, next time. <laughs>
0: brother! <laughs>